Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. Warren, here's your host, Stephen K. Vance. Okay, it is uh, Tuesday, uh, t- excuse me, Wednesday, 23 November, the year of our Lord, 2022 is the eve of Thanksgiving. We have Matthew Tiermont, uh, the great Kerry Lake's going to join us in a second. Uh, Matthew, um, so there have been tens of millions of people in the streets. Nobody's reporting it. Uh, Globo, the CNN of, um, of uh, Brazil won't report it. The global media is not reporting, and the, particularly uh, the shame should fall on The Guardian which is supposed to be a progressive paper that that backs working people throughout the world. What they've done with Lula, Lula who's a transnational criminal with the C, in bed with the CCP, is outrageous. Um, but I want to make the connection because Carrie Lake's on. We're going to get her up here in a second. The connection between what you just read in that report by a political party about the machines and what happened in the vote. And you have people who, quite frankly, didn't go to Harvard, didn't go to Yale. They're in the streets saying, hey. Something's wrong here. We know what our Constitution says we're not going to let a bunch of judges steal this from us. We're not going to let certain elements of the military that are in league with Lula and the CCP steal it from us. And we're particularly not going to let Lula and his thugs steal our freedom. Walk us through the connection to that and what is happening in Arizona, sir. Sure. Well, first, we're in the third week now. Rain, shine, monsoon-style winds. The people are filling the cities, the city squares, the arteries, heading to the city squares, and not just in Rio, Sao Paulo, Brasilia, Belo Horizonte, small cities, mid-sized cities, industrial centers, uh, agrarian centers in the Northeast. Right now, what's trending on Twitter in Brazil is videos of the indigenous peoples of the Amazon, supposedly the Lula stronghold where he, the machine said he won 75% of the vote, and there were precincts that had zero votes for Bolsonaro. Well, those those indigenous tribes members have not only marched in the cities and gone to Brasilia, but they're doing videos that are like serving as affidavits saying, no, no, in our precinct, we voted for Bolsonaro. We're now disenfranchised. They have organized and they filed a petition with the Ministry of Justice of the United Nations that oversees indigenous peoples around the world and said, what the hell? We're being disenfranchised here. Step up. So all these globalist bodies that you and I talk about, the UN, the EU, IRI, who does uh, election oversight in every country, uh, the Organization of American States, they're nowhere. People know they've been defrauded. They know that the mathematics behind what the machines demonstrated is patently ludicrous. It doesn't pass any empirical analytical test when you know people all over the country voted for Bolsonaro. You have this report from the PL party uh, head uh, petitioning the court. Uh, and now Moraes's response is, well, you didn't get us the first round data, so we're not going to listen to this. You know what? This is emboldening the military. The military and the policemen, when they go off duty, they join the protests. The commandants in the barracks are on video saying, Our job is to protect the protesters, not the court. So this thing is accelerating and it comes down to the machines. They have shown now demonstrably beyond a shadow of a doubt that these modern series of machines that were implemented for this series of elections in round one and two are fraudulent. The people know it. They know their constitution is being eviscerated. It kind of reminds you of a certain state that took, what, an extra 10 days to count, uh, drip, drab, piece by piece across Maricopa County. By the way, the key word there is disenfranchisement of working class people and they get it. Matthew, you've done more than anybody in the world on getting the word out about the Brazilian people, particularly on Twitter and your social media on Getter. How do people get to you? 
uh, at Matthew Termond, M-E-T-T-H-E-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D. I'm going to have another piece coming out today or tomorrow, recapping what's gone on the last week in uh, your friend and mine, Todd Woods outlet, CDM Press. So I will send that out to the War Room Posse as soon as it goes up. Creative Destruction Media, L. Todd Wood and the crowd doing an incredible job. Uh, Matthew, we're waiting for that. So um, uh, thank you very much. Look forward to having you back on. I keep saying it's the biggest story in the world because it's inextricably linked with what's happening in Arizona. Can I play the uh, cold open for Carrie Lake and then we're bringing Carrie Lake? Hi, this is Carrie Lake, and I have a message to the people of Arizona and all Americans. Forty days ago, elections in Arizona officially started when mail-in ballots were sent out across our state. Election day was 13 days ago, and Maricopa County is still counting ballots. Printer problems, tabulation errors, three-hour-long lines, and even longer. And confusing instructions given by election officials made this election day the most chaotic in Arizona's history. Half of voting centers that opened for the first time on election day, where the overwhelming majority of voters were voting for Kerry Lake, were not operational or had significant failures. Would you get on an airplane? If half of the engines didn't work, would our friends in the media be able to broadcast their nightly propaganda if only half of their studio equipment was working? The 2022 general election in Arizona was botched and broken beyond repair. Thankfully, the attorney general's office is demanding answers from Maricopa County. Attorney General Mark Brnovich is taking the first steps necessary to remedy this assault on our democracy. This isn't about Republicans or Democrats. This is about our sacred right to vote, a right that many voters were sadly deprived of on November 8th. Tens of thousands of you have reached out, pleading with me to fight this fight. Rest assured, I will, because if we give up now, we will no longer have a country. Attorneys are working diligently to gather information. Whistleblowers are coming forward and the curtain is being lifted. Whether done accidentally or intentionally, it is clear that this election was a debacle that destroyed any trust in our elections. Arizonans who choose to make their voice heard on election day should not be disenfranchised or punished for choosing to vote in person. Yet they were. I want you to know, Arizona, I will continue fighting until we restore confidence and faith in our elections. Uh, Carrie Lake joins us. Carrie, you're fighting for the, to stop the disenfranchisement of, of the citizens of Arizona and counties are thrown in Cochise County, Mojave County. I think they're saying, we don't know how we certify this thing. We got to wait to see what, what Maricopa is going to do this letter. And people should understand on this letter, just make sure people understand the timeline. The letter was put out by the, uh, I think assistant attorney general on Bernovich's letterhead. It was a brutal letter, and it was put out at 9 o'clock at night on a Saturday, not to kill it from the – which normally people do to stop it from the, the, the news flow. is because of the urgency of which they needed Maricopa County to respond to these, quite frankly, very serious charges and allegations. So yep. where do we stand? We understand you just put a shot across the bow in your first of many filings, but walk us through, set the thing for the audience who's been kind of one step removed watching all these disparate moves – now that you're at the you're at the head of the tank column here now, what, what is exactly going on? 
Well, we, we kind of followed up with our own filing today. We need information from Maricopa County. They ran the shoddiest election ever in history, and we want some information. We're on a timeline, a very strict timeline when it comes to fighting this botched election. And they're dragging their feet. They don't want to give us the information, so we're asking the courts to force them to give us information. This is not our main case. When our main case drops, they will hear it. Trust me, they will hear it. And they better think really hard before uh, Ducey and Hobbs sign their John Hancock to that certification. They better think long and hard about what they know about what happened in this election, because when we drop our lawsuit, they will hear it. We have whistleblowers coming forward and at least one smoking gun in it, and we will not stand here and watch them make a mockery of our sacred vote. So we've asked for the courts to get involved and force uh, the Maricopa County but, 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 uh, clowns but hang up, but hang up, to give but, us but, information. What people, what, but you're supposed to have a real flow of this information from your observers and your attorneys. Are you yeah, saying in this filing that they have restricted your flow of information as they hurdle towards this certification on Monday? Well, we've included a lot of the information that we've obtained from people who are poll watchers working at the polls. But we're needing information from uh, from Bill Gates and from Thomas Liddy down at Maricopa County, information that only they have. And it's part of the information we saw in the AG's letter. I believe they're withholding it. They're dragging their feet on this. They're trying to run out the clock. But we will get that information even without it. I think we have a, a, just a killer case here. And we need to remember what they're trying to do here with our elections. They did it in broad daylight. It was blatant. There was no subtlety about what they did when they discriminated against people who chose to vote on Election Day. 63% of polling places were inoperational or only partially operational on election day, hour-long waits, two-hour, three-hour, four-hour-long waits. I had one report, Steve, where they rolled somebody in in a bed to vote, an elderly person who wanted to vote. When that person got up to vote, uh, they watched as their ballot went in and out, in and out, never got counted. This is, uh, this is absolute outrageousness on behalf of Maricopa County. I don't know how it's coincidental. I can't even imagine. I mean, don't insult my intelligence by acting like this was just, oops, we screwed up. And you know what else they didn't do? They never certified the printers. And they'll lie and tell you they did, but they never certified the printers being used at the polling places, which were not good printers. The only printer they certified were the million-dollar runback printers. And that story is about to fall real soon when we find out that they didn't even certify the equipment they were using at these polling places. Okay. You know, we had Mark uh, Sonnenklar on the evening show last night for almost a half hour. And our audience's head blew up because we walked through and detail his report. And then what he had to say, the rejection rates of 100. I mean, what he had to say and what's in that report is even more damning than what was in the AG's letter and uh, Cleta Mitchell and other people have been on all these sites accumulating affidavits, accumulating information. I mean, he was saying, hey, they went around. These were RNC observers. Yeah. What he saw was unbelievable, 100% rejection rates. People did, and the whole concept, they didn't know the procedures in that manual about voiding votes, about where they send people after the votes. He said it was absolute chaos. And his point was, that Bill Gates absolutely lied. He said they went around to 115 of the 223 voting centers. In just the 150, 115 they went into, there was over uh, 72, there were 72 
already machine the machines weren't working and they weren't solved by three o'clock in the afternoon. This went all through all day. He said that Gates came out and said there were only 72 of the 223. He says it's impossible. There had to be over 100 or even more. He thinks 125 up to he said this was nothing but chaos. And even given the 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 uh, how people, uh, you know, there were good people working there, but they didn't know the procedures. They didn't know the procedures yeah. to call a technician. They didn't know the procedures of what to do with voiding ballots. He said it was total and absolute chaos the entire day. And he's saying, hey, he doesn't understand how they weren't prepared for Election Day, understanding that the Trump carried Lake type voters were coming out that day, ma'am. That's right. And, you know, at one of the polling locations, the uh, the person in charge, uh, when everybody showed up to help work, he said, oh, don't worry, I've already um, done all the testing. It's all been done. And they're supposed to have witnesses there. We actually have watchers and, and eyes in the counting center downtown, MECTEC. And we found out from one of our uh, people that are down there that two employees with Dominion badges have free range of that counting center where all the ballots are. Two employees with Dominion badges walk around like they own the place, unfettered access. They're on all of the computers, we're told. And they're actually even telling county employees when to take a break and when to leave the room. This is run in a way that is not just, uh, I almost think there's maladministration, maliciousness, the way they're running this. It's not just accidental what they're doing here, Steve. It's in all different areas from the polling places to where they're counting the ballots. And if they find, if they decide to certify this, I think they've got a really, oops, my alarm's going off here. <laughs> Sorry about that, Steve. If they decide to certify this. Uh, you don't need to wake up Carrie Lake. She's always on watch. <laughs> You're always on watch. I actually woke up early with a phone call from President Trump today. So I've been awake for oh. a, a long time. But this is just beyond 2020. I mean, what they did in 2020, it looks like they've done that again and then some. And for the governor, if he says he's going to certify this and Katie Hobbs to certify this, I think they really better think long and hard. Carrie, if you could just hold through the break. We just want to keep you for a couple of minutes on the other side. We know you're, you're jammed up today. But I got to talk to you about Robeson's got an editorial, I think an op-ed in one of the papers to say that you carjacked the GOP in, uh, in Arizona. We're going to return in a moment to Kerry Lake in Arizona. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bass. Okay, welcome back. We have uh, Kerry Lake. So, Kerry, um, Bill Gates, you know, the, the uh, he, he came out pulling the Fargo routine uh, yesterday and said that, put out a statement that um, they're going to certify on the 28th, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and however, they did get a letter, you know, some sort of letter from the attorney general, and they're going to answer in their in their own sweet time. But they will answer that. How can uh, Maricopa County, understanding that, that the whole world's watching this and it has been the revulsion of how they've handled themselves and comported themselves? How can they hurdle to try to cover up their crimes, not just their incompetence, but their crimes to even try to certify this next Monday? Which I understand legally is that's that's when all the that's when game on the legal aspect. But how can they try yeah. to and have Katie Hobbs, who never <laughs> campaigned and never who hid in her basement, right? Never had any crowds and never was even being chewed up by MS, as CNN and MSNBC, that she would be the signature to pro, to sign the certification and promulgate it to the to the governor. How could they possibly do that as an affront 
to the citizens of Arizona, ma'am? Yeah, I think back to December 2020, the same cast of characters that were signing uh, and certifying that 2020 election doing the same thing. And this time it was even more, I believe, egregious and outrageous the way right out in the open. They just basically, it looks like it appears that they sabotaged election day voting to make it difficult. I just read, um, I'm reading through some of our exhibits, 100 people were standing in line when the polls uh, closed. Still 100 people that hadn't had a chance to vote and they worked them through the line. But imagine the people who showed up and said, I'm going to vote. And then it was after work and they couldn't even make their way through that line. They said, oh, forget it. I just don't have the time for that. I'll never get through that line or there's no parking because it's so backed up here. They did a real number on the people of this great state of Arizona, and that's why I'm fighting this. Uh, Bill Gates, what an embarrassment. What an embarrassment for our state. Uh, and to think that Maricopa County is dragging this election into such a dark place where it is an embarrassment to the whole world watching us. And it really hurts the other 14 counties that lie outside of Maricopa County. And I'm glad to see some of the folks stepping up in these other counties like Yavapai County, Cochise, and Mojave and Gila County, where they say, wait a minute, what's going on down in Maricopa County? What's going on? But I'd like to know, Steve, where is the legacy media? They're not covering what's happening in Brazil. Same kind of stuff happening here. They've got millions of people taking to the streets, and it's crickets from the media in Brazil. It's crickets from the media here. And one of the things people can do out there is they can pick up the phone, even if they're not watching legacy media. Call your local stations here in Arizona. Ask them why they're not covering this story. Reach out to the Arizona Repugnant, as I call it, AZ Central. Ask them why they're not covering this story. What's wrong with them that they're not covering the biggest story when hundreds of thousands of people were discriminated against or disenfranchised by what happened to them on Election Day? And then imagine if this happened in another county. Imagine if what happened to voters where they showed up and right away first thing in the morning, the tabulators weren't working, the printers weren't working, the lines started forming and they were three plus hour lines. If this happened in a place like Detroit or Philadelphia or some Democrat stronghold, imagine what the outcry would be from the Democrats and rightfully so. About, yeah. You talk about AZ, AZ central today. There's a, uh, and, and let's, let's tell it like it is. Okay. Let's give them signal, not noise. The AZ central today or the Arizona Republic has a, has a big piece by Kara, uh, Karen Robson Robson, who you defeated by five and a half or six points. They spent, remember they spent 30 to $40 million attacking Carrie Lake and trying to destroy her. She raised this in the primary. She raised, I don't know, three, three and a half million dollars from the Warren Posse and other grassroots. No big donors. So she had she was beholden to none of the vested, none of the vested financial or real estate interests or in this in the state of Arizona. And that's what's controlled. That's when they talk about the Arizona establishment. That's it. See, she goes after Carrie Lake and Kelly Ward saying they carjacked the GOP. I want to make sure everybody understands the timeline here. John McCain got on his knees and begged Donald Trump for an endorsement in May of 2016. Let me repeat that so the McCain people understand it from his daughter to his wife to everybody. He begged, begged Donald Trump for an endorsement in May of 2016. Why? Because Kelly Ward, a grassroots Tea Party candidate, was about to beat him in a primary in Arizona. He begged if McCain did not get that endorsement. He would not have won the primary. Kelly Ward had him on the run with a Tea Party revolt. And I specifically told President Trump, then candidate Trump at the time, 
and the people around him absolutely under no circumstances. And I'm a naval officer and I admire and respect Senator McCain's service, his father's service and his grandfather's service to this country and to the United States Navy. However, as a politician, he was horrible. Horrible about the border, horrible about not backing Sarah Palin. He begged Trump for the endorsement. And if Donald J. Trump had not endorsed him, he would not be in the United States Senate. They have hated Kelly Ward since that time. And they hated Carrie Lake when she came on. They think that the Republican Party in Arizona is theirs to own and control. They are repulsed by the people. They, they are revolted by the citizens of Arizona that are Republicans. And now they're coming full force. The combination of the RNC not backing you, the combination of the ropes and ropes. And let's be blunt. If the Republicans had had the back of the insurgent candidates at all, these have been 10 point blowouts. And the reason you had all this, you had the Maricopa County suppress the vote and the establishment not step up here is that they would rather have the state of Arizona controlled by a radical lefty like Hobbs and Fontes and all of it, not just to broom the problems they got with the Kelly Wards of the world and the Kerry Lakes of the world, but also to ensure that Donald J. Trump cannot win the presidency in 2024. This is their absolute plan, and it's up in broad daylight. And somebody's got to call it out. We're going to call it out here the war room. This mm -hmm. stinks to high heaven. And everybody's going to be held accountable for this. Okay. This is an outrage to the – they have disenfranchised Kerry Lake, the citizens of Arizona, and particularly they've disenfranchised the deplorables, ma'am. Yeah, we had a movement of we the people and they don't like we the people being involved in politics. They really don't like it. It's the uniparty that you're talking about. It is the uniparty. And so they don't care if it's a Democrat and they don't care if it's a so-called Republican as long as they control that politician. And you're right. They didn't control me. The people of Arizona were, will be my boss. And I still have hope that we're going to win this, Steve. I really want you to know that. This is not hyperbole. This lawsuit that we will be dropping is going to be devastating. And we will be, I believe we will win this. Oh, now, you know, what is the system going to look on, like? Hang on. You're, you're, go you're, you're going to win this because there's, yeah. only two there's only two choices for the people of Arizona. They have to understand this. Carrie Lake either, either is the winner in either a new process or get to bond with this process. Or if Hobbs signs her own certification on something that can't be certified, she will never be considered a legitimate governor of Arizona. You're putting yep. – they are forcing this into a constitutional crisis, are they not, Carrie Lake in Arizona? It it does seem that way. It really does seem that way. But this is, you know, you mentioned my opponent in the primary and never reached out to me, never conceded, you know, so they want to attack me for not conceding, which I won't. She never reached out. We reached out to her, tried to, uh, you know, offer an olive branch and nothing. And now she writes this uh, scathing editorial, which is really an insult to the people of Arizona, the grassroots, the moms and dads who for the first time in their lives got involved in politics because they're concerned about the way the uh, state is going and they're concerned about their children. It's an insult to all of those people who stepped into politics for the first time. And the political elite feels how dare they, how dare they think they can get involved in our political system? How dare these moms and dads and students and regular people think that they can be involved in politics? We own the political system. And when they realized that we had a movement so massive that they could not defeat it, they pulled out all the stops and in, in the most blatant of all ways, sabotaged 
Election Day, which is where our voters and our supporters were going to be voting. One of the documents I read yesterday, uh, it was one of the poll workers who was standing there helping people tabulate, try to put their ballots in the tabulator, Steve. And this person said, I counted about 500 votes for Carrie Lake, 100 votes for Katie Hobbs. Can you imagine the blowout that would have uh, been really evident yes. on Election Day had it run smoothly? It's an election that can't be certified. The only way it can certify it if Katie Hobbs certifies her own illegitimate process. So it's yeah. a constitutional crisis. This is this is a this is why it's a global story. What happens in Arizona True. is going to show what's going to happen in this nation going forward. Carrie, how do people follow you to follow that you just dropped the first lawsuit to get information because they're trying to stonewall you? Yeah, they're running out so, the clock. That's obvious. How do people this, follow uh, you? This is. This is basically to force Maricopa County to uh, give us information that we deserve to have and not try to run the clock out. But we'll get the information one way or another. Uh, they can follow me on Getter, Twitter, Truth Social, Facebook. I'm under Carrie Lake, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E. You can go and check out our website as well. Lawyers don't pay for themselves, unfortunately. So we are uh, raising money and paying for our attorneys. We've got a great case that we're building here. And uh, unfortunately, the RNC is... They only want to look to future elections and try to repair future elections. And we've got a real problem with this past election. And um, so we're, we're fighting this battle. I will not give up. I want to tell the people we are really tell, can tell right now who are the sun, sunshine soldiers, as they say. Right. Yes. Who are uh, the true the way, patriots the, out there? The, the future is, as George Allen used to say, the future is now. Right. There's, there's no future. It's now. The thing itself right. is here. If you can't if you can't sort it out here, and particularly in Maricopa County, among Republicans, among establishment public, it can't be sorted out. Carrie Lake, thank That's you, right. honored to have I, you on. Thank you for joining I us. I want to remind people one more thing, and I said this on the campaign trail: God never promised anything was going to be easy. He gave us a movement of we the people, and He placed us here at this moment for a reason, and we all need to stay in this fight. Carrie Lake, thank you very much. Look forward to Thanks, having you Steve. back on. Okay, Jack Posobiec, Mike Adams. The global conflict. Is the United States winning or losing? Next in the world. Money that was going to these guys that are running the Maricopa county elections Stephen richer and bill gates with his fargo impression oh you want that true quote you want the true quote they're also taking money from some of the leaders of the arizona chamber of commerce the same type of people that and if you go and look the la very last time so president trump hasn't returned to twitter but he is still up on truth social and the last time that he res he responded to me on truth social was on this very topic and i said well look it seems as though the Wall Street billionaires are once again against Donald Trump. I wonder why that is. And I wonder if that's going to swing MAGA against him, which, you know, obviously being sarcastic. Trump responds to me on Truth Social saying, they're not for me, they're for China. They're, I'm yeah. America first, they're <laughs> China first. And, and he went on and he's, he's been continuing this thread and even Maggie Haberman's picked up on it. And she's, Oh, look, this yeah. seems to be the new, the new attack line, yeah. but it's actually true. And even Michael Moore back in 2016 admitted this, that Donald Trump, when you, when he goes to Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, 
they don't look at him, and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting Michael Moore here, they don't look at him as a candidate. They look at him as a human Molotov cocktail that they want to throw into the system that has destroyed their lives, that has destroyed their families. The divorce comes, the, the, uh, the pay raise never comes, and now all of a sudden your jobs are going overseas, and then suddenly your towns are dying on the vine. You're not having kids. Your status as being a member of the middle class yeah. has been robbed of you. And this was done to them on purpose. It was done to them on purpose. And so there's a few words this that Michael Moore uses this, that I can't repeat this, here, but this, this is exactly this what is finance. This is finance capital as well. The Michael, Michael Moore thing, we put footage on it in 16. I think it's the most powerful ad. We made it four minutes long. It's one of our closing arguments. Hang on for one second. Uh, Cause I want to get back to the, the Elon Musk and this thing on, on semaphore and, and, and funding coming from this money laundering operation that was called FTX. But I want to bring in Mike Adams because I want to stay in the China topic because this links the 22. It links the situation in our country to the presidential politics of 24. But more importantly, it's going to link it to what's going to happen in the House uh, when we go uh, when we come back in um, in uh, in January. McCarthy's down there yesterday throwing down about the border going to do Mallorca's. Look, the Chinese Communist Party is working with the cartels or business partners. That's where the fentanyl is coming from. This is a reverse opium war. And I wanted, there was such an amazing piece on, um, on Natural News the other day. I want to bring in Mike Adams, the founder and publisher, and then get Jack's uh, comments and observation on this. The headline was, America is currently losing the Third World War on multiple fronts. And we've said this from day one. We, we're engaged. The Chinese Communist Party is engaged in a hot economic, cyber, and intelligence and political war against the United States. And it's going to lead to a kinetic conflict in the South China Sea and in, in, in around Taiwan on the defense of Taiwan. Mike Adams, walk us through this piece. It was quite brilliant. And by the way, it, it, it linked to also Josh Phillips over at uh, over at Epoch Times. The great Josh Phillips has an amazing film out there about the 100 years of um, of uh, the, the, this fight for freedom. It's just incredible. Uh, so I want to make sure everybody links to that. We're going to put it up in a link. But Mike, walk me through your piece here. America is currently losing the Third World War. What is the Third World War to our audience? Well, it, it's simply the CCP's desire to completely overthrow and occupy America to make the United States irrelevant and to exterminate the American people. And, you know, look, I, I'm, I, I'll just say this publicly. I mean, I, I speak Chinese, perhaps not as well as Jack Posobiec, but I lived in Taiwan. Uh, my wife was originally from Taiwan. Her family escaped the communists with Chiang Kai-shek. And so I, I, I know a lot about this culture. And so I've been able to hear the speeches by General Haotian and others. They talk about genocide against the American people and using biological weapons in order to defeat the United States. And if you look at the economic problems that China is facing right now and food supply issues, you know they can't feed their own populations. They need America's heartland, the farmlands, which they are increasingly uh, purchasing here and there, but they want it all. And so they, they need America's breadbasket in order to feed their population. They're going to undermine the petrodollar, and they're working on that. I mean, look at Mohammed bin Salman out of Saudi Arabia saying that China is their preferred trading partner. Well, it doesn't take a genius to realize that the petrodollar status is being deliberately undermined. And if we lose that status with the Saudis or other nations, including BRICS plus nations, 
we're in a lot of trouble in this country. And just like you, Steve and, and Jack, I, I'm trying to sound the alarm on this. We've got too much infiltration into big tech, into the governorships, into certain senators and certain members of Congress taking Chinese money. And frankly, we're taking a good look at Elon Musk right now on our editorial side. So that's my summary, Steve. Jack, before you jump in here, Mike, I just want to continue on, is that um, the one thing about the Chinese Communist Party, they play the long game, right? They're prepared they to sacrifice and they're prepared to make this, they're prepared to make sacrifices when they have a strategic objective. Is there any doubt in your mind that their major strategic objective is to replace the United States as the world's leading power and to do it within the next 10, 15, or 20 years, sir? Oh. There's no question whatsoever. They state this themselves, and all of their moves are intended to achieve exactly that goal. Uh, the United States uh, leaders need to wake up to this reality, get on the ball, and get this infiltration out of our systems, out of our universities, out of big tech, out of governorships, you know, out of the culture. TikTok, for example, this this has got to stop because, and by the way, the WHO pandemic treaty that's now in its final stages, this is being really co-authored by China in order to cause the U.S. to give up its national national sovereignty on health freedom issues to the WHO, which would then be able to command the U.S. and U.S. states into lockdowns and quarantines and vaccine mandates, China style. So all of the abuses of human rights that took place during COVID in China, the lockdowns, the, the starvation, the, the cracking down on dissent, that's coming to America if Biden signs this treaty, which could easily happen in the first quarter of 23. So, Posobiec, you, like Mike Adams, both speak and read uh, manu ma Mandarin fluently. You're a naval intelligence officer specializing in China. When I've got the Wal Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal, and they've got Xi and, and, and Biden at the G20 rubbing up on each other, hugging each other, loving each other, and the, our paper of record, the New York Times, and everybody's saying it's a good thing to bring down the tensions from the Trump uh, era. Why do 85% of the American people understand that the CCP is an existential threat to the United States of America, its citizens, and our way of life, but the political elites in Washington and the financial elites on Wall Street and the big tech oligarchs in Silicon Valley and the mandarins that run our global corporations, why do they not see it as, as a threat? In fact, they see it as an opportunity. Funding story that we've just received from FTX to ProPublica to The Intercept to Semaphore to Vox, right? This is showing us how the world works, that it's all pay for play. And it's always been all pay for play for a long, long time. If you're on the dime, you're on their time. What does that mean? What I mean to say is they're establishing a two-track parallel system, two systems. There's one system for them. That's Elysium. They're the ones, they're obsessed with transhumanism, as you and Joe Allen have recounted and explained and unpacked for us and laid out the way forward. They want to program themselves into computers and live forever. They don't care what happens to the rest of us, as long as we're there as fuel for the machine, as long as we're there to power this engine, the production and the wage slaves and labor slaves in China, 
and the consumption in the United States, not only of consumer products and goods like your big screen TVs and laptops and Apple tablets and iPhones, but also of the pharmaceutical products, which of course the precursors are all manufactured in China. So you can't leave out the pharmaceutical medical industry in terms of all of this because they're making money hand over fist from this. This is where, by the way, you get... Uh, you get the, the rollouts of mandates. This is where, by the way, you get the exact the treatments for a lot of the trans uh, community that comes forward. A lot of this agenda is being pushed because these companies are making tons of money off of that. You think that China is involved? Of course, the Chinese Communist Party is involved in that. They're not pushing it. They're not woke. They're not pushing on themselves because they don't want that in China. But you know what? They'll do it here. And then we end up with nightclubs with people getting shot up because of all the craziness that's going on over here. And then who gets blamed on it? The people that are trying to raise the red flag and raise the alarm about what's going on and about how they are trying to change our countries fundamentally, change our economics, change everything about the way we live. And we're supposed to shut up and take it and act like nothing's happening. Mike, to that point, uh, you know, President Trump started calling it these billionaires. You got Ken Griffin, you got Paul Singer, you got Schwartz, you got Schwartzman, you got all these guys, Tudor Jones. They're all in business with the CCP, Ray Dalio, all of them. And the one thing they are, they're variantly anti-Trump because they're anti-populist. Is that un- is or, or is it when you look at this third world war and the partnerships that are developing, is it unfair for Trump and is unfair for War Room to call these billionaires out that they're actually playing on the side of the existential threat of the American people? No, not unfair at all. I think it's necessary. And in fact, China is absolutely desperate, or the CCP in particular, desperate to make sure that Trump does not get back into the White House because Trump will hold their feet to the fire on international trade issues. And it, by the way, it's, it's not racist when Trump uh, stands for America first against the communist Chinese because Trump is pro-Taiwan. And it's, you know, it's the same ethnicity of people. It's just that in Taiwan, they are pro-freedom. They are pro-America. They are pro-humanity. It's just that under the CCP, the Chinese people suffer, and they would love to throw off the CCP, by the way, and be free and not be locked down and not be starving and not be ordered into death via, you know, COVID lockdowns. So Trump is, is our guy. Uh, he's, he's the guy to, to go to head, to go to, to, to fight with China and get America ahead in this game. And these others that are taking money from China are just going to surrender us to China, which is what Joe Biden has done. So I I think the choice is very clear here, Steve. There's there's no other way through this but to fight the CCP. Okay, Mike, if you could hang on for a second. And Jack, I want to continue this and continue what the the stakes are because the stakes couldn't be higher. We're going to take a short commercial break return. We got the founder and publisher of Natural News. He's also got a kind of a rumble competitor, Bright Yonder, we'll talk about. And also the great Jack Pasovic. Jack, uh, obviously, Charlie Kirk's partner over there on everything Charlie's doing and head of human events daily. Charlie's got the show that follows us here on Real America's Voice at noon. You get populism, nationalism, world events, local politics, all of it with Charlie Kirk following us. Short commercial break. Mike Adams, the Jack Pasovic. On the other side. By the way, we're doing live streams all the time on Getter, and it's still the best source of news about this massive uh, revolt down in uh, Brazil. And of course, everything anti-CCP, it's the railhead of all that. Uh, a little different than Twitter. As I said, I've never been on Twitter. 
I will never have an account on Twitter until I, Elon Musk can prove to me it's not financed by the CCP. Hey, and I don't care if Prince I will leave doing a couple of bucks, okay? We don't even know where the source of that money is. But I can tell you one thing, from Binance to Sequoia to Tesla, that would be all CCP cash, okay? You can take in different ways of loans and guarantees and margin calls and all that kind of stuff, but it's CCP cash. That's why they won't let any real anti-CCP voices on there, okay? that That's the bottom line. First off, he bought a crime scene. He It's a crime scene. It was never a company. It's all put together by intelligence sources. There will be complete and total due diligence. See the left whine. This shows you how far and corrupt the left is because they're in bed with the national security state and the national intelligence services of all these different countries. Um, and I can't wait to the day that we can get into Congress and other things that start adjudicating that, start start ripping the Band-Aid off. Uh, Mike, MyPillow.com, promo code WORM, 90%, up to 90% off on the inventory sale before the holidays. Mike Lindell, you can't get him on um, the shopping networks. You can't get him in Bed, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond or Big Box. You can't get him in Walmart. Why? He's fighting the fight for people like out in Arizona and people in Brazil. He's he sat there and said, "Hey, we got to get this. We got to get voting right." You know what they did? They shut him down. They tried to put his company in bankruptcy. So go support it today. MyPillow.com promo code or up to ninety percent off on the inventory clearance sale pre holidays. Uh, you brought up something very uh, interesting, Mike. I was talking about. And I want to make sure I want you to repeat it about we're living on the edge with this uh, being the prime reserve currency. We lose a prime reserve currency status. We're Argentina. The CCP knows that. Give me two minutes about this thing, about the petrodollar and the Arabs and what the Arabs are doing to us right now, sir. Well, America's ability to project power around the world is based largely on this economic arrangement, the petrodollar status or world re- world reserve currency status, you know, Bretton Woods. And that status is just being flittered away by Biden, who has managed to anger uh, MBS of, of Saudi Arabia, which is now working with other BRICS nations and BRICS plus nations. It's a, it, the list of nations is expanding constantly that are going to roll out a new global reserve currency backed by a portfolio of commodities. And this is going to undermine the dollar status. And that, and this is critical, combined with the fact that the United States and NATO use the SWIFT system to banish Russia from international trade, that sent a powerful message to all the other nations in the world, which is that unless they want to be under the thumb of the United States and be uh, commanded by U.S. policies, no matter how crazy they might be, including you have to push transgenderism and child grooming and LGBTQ agendas in your country, well, those countries are realizing we need a different economic system for international trade and clearing transactions. So the SWIFT system is going to be history. A new system, which is built by CCP in conjunction with Russia, is going to be the competitor. And if they succeed, which looks very likely, they're very powerful, the petrodollar status will be destroyed and we will be in real trouble, won't be able to print money and export inflation at that point. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. You can get my series on the the end of the uh, dollar empire. And my last episode is the end of the fall of the the prime reserve currency. It would be the most important geopolitical uh, fact of the 21st century when we lose that. So go check it out today. This is of of urgent. Posobiec, you're an intelligence officer. Is Mike Adams has laid out a case that we're losing the unrestricted warfare part, the psychological, the political, the cyber, the information war, the economic war. 
on the kinetic war part of that, sir, you're a naval officer. Is the Seventh Fleet and the Pacific Fleet prepared to defend the South China Sea and Taiwan from a kinetic conflict, either a naval air blockade or an amphibious assault, sir? Look, Steve, it's as simple as this. Um, when I was then in PACOM and I was a PACOM officer, when I served in Seventh Fleet under Admiral Alcoin, when I traveled throughout uh, the Taiwan Strait and South, South China Sea, up, up through Japan, Yokosuka, down into Guam, and in, even into Shanghai and Hong Kong on port visits, uh, our, our motto, our motto back then was, we are ready to fight tonight. Well, I'm here to tell you that the Seventh Fleet is not ready to fight tonight. The Seventh Fleet, if it got into an a blue water conflict with the PLAN, the People's Liberation Army Navy, as it's called. Uh, I do not know if I would be bullish on Taiwan's prospects. I really don't know. Because what they would do is they would conduct an, an embargo, they would conduct a blockade around the island of Taiwan, and they would sit there and they would starve out the Taiwanese people, and we would attempt to run the blockade more than likely. We would attempt to airdrop like the Berlin Airlift supplies in there, but eventually it would get to the point where I think that because of number one, our lack of seamanship and the ability of the yeah. United States Navy, my beloved United States yeah. Navy, by the way, yeah. to be able to fight the ship, right? When we've got yeah. ships that are burning down at the pier in San Diego and we can't even determine yeah. the cause. Uh, that we have a serious problem yeah. with that, a serious drive towards wokeness, yeah. don't know how to fight the ship. I'm, and that means I'm gonna have that you, our entire system, our entire system. That's a, flat. that's a pretty brutal assessment. Remember, it's Silicon Valley West. The economy would drop by 25%. Mike, we got to bounce. How do people get to Brettion? How do they get to uh, Natural News? How do they follow you? Uh, naturalnews.com for the articles and brighteon.com, a free speech video platform, a much smaller version of Rumble, but the same kind of concept, free speech for all America and the world. Thank you. Mike, thank you. And the piece is fantastic. Uh, thanks, Lance Johnson, the writer, just incredible. This is very important, and we've got him by phone. We've interrupted his workday, but uh, and uh, we we apologize to him for that. But we're going to have him back on more to go through this. This is Mark Sonnenklar. He uh, wrote an incredible report that uh, just the news John Solomon uh, team has picked up. The um, as we talked about previously, um, uh, the Hannity has linked to it. Uh, many of the top, a daily caller did a huge piece on it. It's starting to get write-ups, uh, and he's going to start doing a lot more media. Uh, Mark, thank you very much for joining us by phone. I just wanted to get some very basics out here because I know you're pressed for time. Y you did a report, and, and the title of this report, and we have it, our team has it, and Memphis has it. We're going to have it up on screen. Uh, Captain Bannon and, uh, and Grace Chung are going to put it in all the chat rooms. It's going to be up. Natalie's going to have it on the War Room site. We're going to push this out. Here's what I need everybody to do. I need everybody to read this report. I need everybody to reflect on this report. And I need everybody to push this report out. The title of it is, uh, it's from Mark Sonnenclair. And it's to a list of people, Kelly Ward, who you know uh, very well, uh, and various Republican, Gina Swoboda, who you know very well, and other uh, uh, Republican candidates. It's it, The title of it, is Maricopa County Roving Attorney Observations, November 8, 2022, general election. And it's written approximately a week after. 
Uh, Mark, just a couple things, and this report is is extraordinarily detailed. Uh, goes on for page after page after page. I think it's what twenty three pages, uh, and I need everybody to read it because I need the war room posse needs the facts. Mark, first off, when you say observations, where were you? How did you actually get in a, a situation that you could actually um, write this report? What were you doing? Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me on, first of all. Um, I uh, I was working for uh, the Republican National Committee's Election Integrity Program in Arizona. And uh, I, I signed up for that program because I, I knew that election – well, I, we moved to Arizona from California uh, right before the 2020 election. And I saw the, what happened in Arizona uh, during the 2020 election – and I was pretty outraged, and uh, I was upset that um, you know the powers that be didn't uh, look more into that election. And I, I decided at that time I wanted to help save Arizona, and uh, I thought that election integrity would be you know really sort of at the core of doing that. So I enrolled in this program, the Republican National Committee's Election Integrity Program, and um, we were trained. Uh, there were uh, 17 or 18 uh, total roving attorneys that went to the various vote centers in Maricopa County um, on Election Day. Um, I, by the way, I did do this uh, during the primary on August 2nd as well, so I had some experience. This was my second time doing it uh, on Election Day of the general election. And, um, yeah, so um, th that was the program I was in, and, and I, I visited... Uh, 10 different vote centers on uh, the election day of the, of the general election. Um, I can't recall exactly how many I, I uh, visited during the primary, but I actually included my primary report um, within the general election report as well. So anybody who reads the, the general election report will also be able to review my what I saw during the primary. And there were... Let me uh, ask you, were, you went around... Let me say, I just want to say for the audience, it's very detailed. It's 23 pages long. I want the audience to read it and come to their own conclusions, uh, but it's very detailed. And you kind of check the time when you went around and you give a, a personal observation. Has, has this been more formalized? And you're part of the election integrity, I guess, team that's working on this. Has this been more formalized in the RNC or is somebody uh, thinking of doing something with this? Where does this stand right now? Honestly, I don't know. The RNC really hasn't been in touch with me. I sort of took it upon myself to write this report on my own. I, I surveyed. I went out to the other roving attorneys. As I mentioned, there were 17 or 18 in Maricopa County. Yeah. Um, and we covered, I, I believe we covered all 223 vote centers in Maricopa County on Election Day. I went out and, you know, proactively... Um, sought out the findings from the other roving attorneys, and I had, uh, I believe, 10 of them got back to me and gave me their detailed findings. So, you know, together, me and the other 10 roving attorneys that did respond to my survey, my informal survey, um, we, we together covered 115 a total vote centers out of a total of 223, so a little over 50% uh, of the vote centers we covered. And so, no, but to answer your question, um, I, I don't know what the RNC is doing. 
Um, they have not contacted me. I did this on my own, and uh, and I and I I got it out out there on my own. Uh, Mark, when the audience starts to read this twenty-three page report, what would as kind of their Sherpa? What would you recommend they focus on? What are the one or two things that they should really focus on as as they go through this? Well, like I said, we um, in the report, if you if you focus on the executive summary, the first uh, one to two pages, you'll see that um, we reported that me and the ten other roving attorneys reported that seventy-two of the total one hundred fifteen vote centers that we. Uh, visited, which is 60, you know, a little over 62%, had material problems with uh, the printers, which caused the tabulators to not be able to read the voters' ballots. Um, uh, you know, I also saw, you know, I witnessed with my own uh, two eyes several of the vote centers where the tabulators were rejecting nearly 100% of the ballots uh, on, uh, you know, upon the initial insert of the ballot. Now, you might be able to flip it over and get it to read the second time or the third time or the fourth time, but um, there, were, there were vote centers where 100% of the time it would not read the first time. Um, and, and then on average, I estimate after you know, gathering all of this data from the various roving attorneys that on average, I was seeing a failure rate. Of, the tabulators were not able to read the ballots 25 to 40% of the time at all. So no matter how many times the voter put the ballot into the tabulator, it, the tabulator would not read that ballot between 25 and 40% of the time. The other thing um, uh, that I saw was, you know, as a result of these tabulator issues and potentially other issues as well, there were very long lines at the, uh, at the vote centers. So um, 59 of the 115 vote centers that you know, I and the 10 other um, roving attorneys visited and observed at had very long lines, one to two hour lines. It, it, was, it was crazy. And so based on those lines, I think it's pretty safe to assume that the voters, you know, there had to have been a lot of voters who would not, you know, this was a Tuesday, people were, had to go to work. Uh, or had to be back at work, I think it's quite safe to say that there were many, many voters who did not wait in those lines, left the vote center. I mean, you know, it's, it, it takes a special person who, who's going to wait in a two-hour line um, to, to vote. Um, and and, and per, you know, I would imagine many of those people didn't, didn't vote later either. So I just think that, you know, with a 62% failure rate in, in, in terms of the number of, of locations that had uh, printer and tabulator problems, uh, you've got massive voter suppression in, in Maricopa County. And, and you add to that that, you know, a, a significantly larger portion of the voting public that went to the polls, went to the vote centers on Election Day were Republican voters. Um, they significantly outnumbered Democrat voters in Maricopa County on Election Day. So, you know, any problems at the vote centers on Election Day are just logically uh, going to impact Republican candidates and, and their ability to get votes much more than they would Democrat candidates. Since, since, since you were an observer and went around, uh, here's what I think is, is confusing the people, even in Arizona, that weren't in the room. And, and then, of course, the rest of the nation and the world, because everybody's watching this, the 
knowing <laughs> knowing that they were going to be under a microscope, given the two years of really the direction of the nation, right, in the direction of the world, from, from the Ukraine to the southern border of the United States, the capital markets, to the economy, all of it. This whole situation with tabulators and things being set and machines and ink and all this, which gets kind of confused to people. When you were in there and you're saying there's a 25 to 40 percent uh, failure rate and you're saying in some places you observed there was 100 percent rejection over and over again. Were, were the people that actually were part of the official process, did they, were they shocked by this? Was there any panic? I mean, because one of the things that came out is that. There was, and this is came up in the in the court hearing that took place that that afternoon to try to extend hours. Was there any um, was there any I don't want to say panic, but it looked like people actually knew to you know box number three or, or or you can leave and go to another place, which seems like did not take did not go in accordance to the manual that's been promulgated. What were your observations about the actual people that were actually running the election? Well, first of all, I want to say that the Maricopa County should have absolutely known that there were, you know, that that they had these technology issues. Because as I mentioned earlier in this conversation, I had written a report, um, which uh, during my primary experience on primary day, that noted and concluded, frankly, that there were major technology problems with printers and tabulators on primary day in on August second of this year. So the fact that Mar and, and granted that report did, didn't go to Maricopa County election officials, it went to the RNC, and I don't really know what happened with it after that. But nevertheless, you know they must have the, the county must have received reports from its you know inspectors in the field and tech people in the field and troubleshooters in the field that there were problems with with the tabulators reading the printed ballots. They had to know this during the primary. So that's the first thing I want to say. I just It's at best complete malfeasance that they did not resolve the problems that they must have seen during the primary. And then, you know, more directly to answer your question that you just asked me, um, there were, it was a mixed bag in the field on, on the general election day. Um, you know, some inspectors, you know, probably had been, had been inspectors before and knew what they were doing. And knew that um, they could, you know, send people to other vote centers. But having said that, none of the inspectors were trained, and I don't believe any of the inspectors knew that they had to check people out of their vote center before they sent them to another vote center. So I know I, I've, hey, I've heard many. Mark, yeah, Mark, Mark, just hang on for one second. I want to get to, we're going to take a short commercial break. We return Mark Sonnenklar, who was an observer uh, and wrote this really incredible report that we want everybody to re-report. Short commercial break. We'll be back. we got Joe Allen, TikTok, Dave Walsh on uh, Energy next. Uh, welcome back. Mark Sonnenklar, I want to just finish the thought you had right before the break. You're, you're saying that um, so, some, some uh, people looked like they were knew what they were doing. Others didn't. But the, the critical comment you made was, or the most important comment, the buried lead, as we call it. They didn't know about the, uh, the voided ballots or, or, or checking in, checking out. I think that's one of the big confusions. And I think the supervisor, um, you know, Bill Gates came out and gave, a, I think, a very confusing uh, set of uh, instructions during the day and later that night or later that afternoon it's actually in the 
the court uh, arguments with Tom Liddy, the 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 uh, the attorney for Maricopa County. There seemed to be generally confusion of the people there putting on the process about what people do about checking in, checking out, what they're supposed to do with ballots, et cetera. Can you just put a little more flesh in that bone of what you what you saw? Yeah, well, since Election Day, I've spoken with um, a couple of different inspectors, and they tell me that they were not trained on checking, that they had to check people out of their vote center. So an inspector is the lead um, person at a vote center. And, and based on what these inspectors told me, they were not trained in how to, that they needed to check people out. Once people checked into a vote center, that um, if they wanted to go to another vote center because the vote center that they were at was, you know, the tabulators were not reading their ballots, and they didn't want to put it in box three. Um, then they would be, they could go to another vote center and try there, but they had to check out of the original vote center that they were at before they would be uh, could go to the next vote center and vote. Um, at the next vote center, the vote uh, the second vote center that you went to would would see that you had checked in at another uh, at the first vote center and would force you to vote provisionally which you know provisionals are are reviewed um apparently by election officials as well but it's less likely that your provisional ballot is going to get counted so yes there was a problem there in that they were not trained uh, in how to check people out before they sent them to another vote center. And, you know, my understanding is that uh, Maricopa County election officials did not uh, inform inspectors or did not get the word out to their inspectors, to the various uh, the inspectors at the various vote centers, that they needed to check people out. That's my understanding. I, I haven't confirmed that. Mark, last question. Uh, the power of this report, and once again, I, I want everybody in the chat rooms to, to, to look at this and to reflect upon it as you read it. Uh, the power of this is that it's observations. You don't really editorialize in this. And I'm not asking you to editorialize now, but as someone that was there for the, for the day and, and had done the primary, what is your general conclusion of the election process as you saw it on the 8th of November in the year of our Lord, 2022? in Arizona, sir? Well, as I said, the least, you, you know, the least that could be said for this performance by the Maricopa County election officials is that it was complete incompetence. Um, and, you know, I don't have proof of intentionality that, you know, they intentionally did this. But the way that uh, the Maricopa County elections officials are reacting, you know, uh, since Election Day and up until today is suspicious. Um, they are trying to tamp down any questions about this election in Maricopa County. They are maintaining they have maintained that only 70 um, vote centers were impacted by the tabulator issue, which was really actually a, a printer issue, and um, which, you know, we, we, we roving attorneys surveyed 115 vote centers out of 223, and we found that 72 of just that subset of the total number of vote centers had problems. So I, I don't buy that only 70 of the 223 vote centers had issues with the, the printer slash tabulators. Um, I don't buy that the problems were resolved as of 3 o'clock, which is what's uh, something that uh, uh, Super 
Supervisor Bill Gates said on Election Day. That is absolutely false because I was at vote centers after 3 p.m. and they still had problems with the tabulators. And, um, you know, to minimize things in, the, in that way, um, the, the, the uh, County Board of Supervisors is, is really minimizing the problems on Election Day. That leads me to believe that there is, they are hiding something. Um, so that's all I can say. I, I don't want to speculate on their, you know, what yep. their intentions were. No, that's fine. But, but yeah, uh, I can, no, that's I think it's fine. How, are you, are you on social media at all? Can people follow you, or if not, that's fine. But are are you because this report is fairly explosive, uh, and I know a lot of important people are writing this up now. You got John Solomon's team, Sean Hannity's team, the old Tucker Carlson team over at Daily Caller. Uh, I know other people are kind of all of this work going through it. Is there, are you on social media? You know, I dropped off of social media several years ago because I didn't trust it anymore. Um, so not really. I, I do have a website. If you'd like me to give that, I can do that. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. What's the website? Uh, the website is ethos, that's E-T-H-O-S, lawgroup.com. Ethoslawgroup.com, all one word. Yeah. Mark, Asan, yeah. and Clara, thank you very much for joining us here in the world. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay, Thanks I want to.